Hello and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Rue BTN.com and I'm talking to you right now from the road on the BTN bus tour. I'm actually sitting in a hotel in uh, just outside Ann Arbor, Michigan right now in good old Ypsilanti. Um, I think we're on stop number six of our BTN bus tour right now, getting ready to take in a Michigan Wolverines practice later today. And uh, just like last year, I am trying to interview a player at each stop on the bus tour and uh, bring it to you in podcast form. So for this episode, I'm going to uh, give you four of those interviews so far. I've uh, got interviews at four of the five stops at uh, Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland, and Penn State. So we'll just do these interviews back to back to back to back. And um, like most of my interviews, you know, getting to know the personalities behind these football players it was my goal. Hopefully I was able to do that. So before we get to these interviews, just a reminder, you can find Take 10 Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and YouTube, where you can subscribe, leave comments, rate, review, all that good stuff. And uh, since we have four interviews to get to, I'll get right to it. The first one is with Indiana football Australian punter Hayden Whitehead. And uh, I had an Australian punter last year on the tour, Wade Lees of Maryland. Uh, happy to have another one. These guys are really interesting to talk to as they come over from Australia and, and kind of punt from uh, out of these academies, really, these factories over down under, from down under, and, um, you know, really bring a, a flair. And, and a lot of these guys are a little older than the average college athlete. So a lot of fun to talk to. So the first interview, like I mentioned, is with Hayden Whitehead. Uh, we move on after that to Isaiah Wharton of Rutgers, then uh, Tavon Jacobs of Maryland. And Nick Scott, the Penn State safety, will wrap it up. So first, we'll start with Hayden Whitehead. That interview with Whitehead starts right now. Very pleased to be joined in Bloomington, Indiana, on the first stop of the BTN bus tour by Indiana Hoosier punter Hayden Whitehead. Hayden, thanks for sitting down and joining me today. Yeah, no problem. So uh, listeners will be able to tell pretty soon here, pretty closely, uh, that's not an American accent you have. Uh, Where are you from? Give us a little bit about your background and uh, what led you here to America? Yeah, so um, I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Um, yeah, uh, you know, American football is not really that big back home, so I only sort of started uh, following it when I was 18 or 19, just because my brother found a sort of a small club league back home and, and wanted to play quarterback there, so naturally uh, took an interest through that and thought it was something I'd like to get into, but I uh, couldn't really throw a ball or anything uh, like he could, so um, kicking was about the only thing I could do, so um, decided to give punting a shot. Yeah, and this is a trend that's really kind of exploding. You know, you said there aren't many Australian football fans, but there's a lot of Australian punters now playing college football and, and in the pros, too, in the United States. So how did this trend kind of come about, uh, at least to your knowledge? Yeah, like you said, um, you know, the, the trend sort of uh, developing of particularly punters and, and even some kickers now coming over to the States. Um, I think, uh, you know, just having a, an Australian football background is, um, you know, what a lot of us have and, and we grow up learning to kick balls like, you know, most kids grow up learning to throw balls. So, um, you know, just having that skill set already sort of developed, um, I think, um, you know, is a, is a big uh, positive of Australian kids. It makes the transition to American football punting a little easier than someone who may not have uh, kicked a ball before. So... Um, in saying that, American football in general sort of is picking up popularity as you, 
you know, as the years go on. So I guess that sort of uh, correlates to, you know, more kids wanting to come over and actually play the sport at, at a high level. For sure. And you played Aussie rule football um, back home, right, growing up? Yeah, yeah. So um, I describe it as kind of a mix between soccer and rugby in um, you know, there's there's no pads or anything, but you can still tackle um, each other like you do in rugby. But it's more like soccer, where the ball can sort of go anywhere on the field, and and you can pass it to any player um, in any direction. So yeah. So now that there's more and more Australian punters coming over um, from down under, is there kind of a a click, a circle now? Are you are you in touch with any of your uh, your fellow Aussies over here in the states? Yeah, definitely, and. Um, yeah, like you said, as more kids sort of come over that you have contact with, it, it's good to have that connection with them and have, you know, different schools that you can go and visit and check out and, um, you know, have, have people to talk to when, um, you know, you have any questions or, or anything like that. You know, kids that have already gone through and even graduated, you know, kids that have come through at the same time as you and then also to be sort of a mentor role for kids back home or just starting to come over now. So um, there definitely is a really sort of strong circle with American American punters, um, uh, sorry, Australian punters who come over and play American football. So there's legit like academies over there, right? Like you said, you came up uh, at an academy over there. It's called it's called Pro Kick, Pro yep. Kick Australia. Yep. Um, I mean, it's pretty much like a pun- punting factory. It's produced the last, I believe, five Ray Guy Award winners. What's that academy like over there? Are there American coaches over there? How does it all set up? Uh, you know, in this punting factory that's developing overseas yeah so it's uh it's run by nathan chapman and john smith um chappy was um uh you know sort of went through the same pathway that most of um our sort of uh, kids go through and that was you know he played aussie rules all, all in his childhood and played in the pros back home for a little bit and then um you know decided to come over to america and try punting and uh, I know he had a pre-season with Green Bay and I think a couple of other teams. So, um, you know, he sort of, through his um, pathway, realised that there was a real opportunity for Australian kids to sort of do the same. Um, and so they've developed their academy to, to help kids sort of realise that dream and they're really good at sort of communicating with coaches over here and, um, you know, developing that relationship to, you know, train us and then be the middleman to, to get scholarships for us. Sure. So you recruited to Indiana. I mean... I read up that it was on Skype because obviously you're thousands of miles away. Your first visit to the United States is to, to Indiana and your official visit. How did you even get put in touch with the Hoosiers? How did, how did this uh, path to Bloomington come about? Yeah, well, uh, like I just said before, you know, um, Nathan Chapman and uh, and Johnny, they sort of develop really strong relationships with coaches over here. And, you know, obviously coaches move around schools and stuff um, for different reasons. So they placed a, a punter, uh, Will Gleason at Ole Miss, um, when Coach Allen was there. And, you know, obviously sort of kept in touch when Coach Allen came to Indiana. Um, and so, yeah, they'd already sort of had that relationship. And, and when uh, Coach Allen and the staff here decided they wanted an Australian punter, that's sort of where um, discussions began and it just went from there. So your first visit to uh, the United States, like I said, was to Bloomington, Indiana, you know, not New York City, not L.A. So what did you heard about the campus and the school coming in and how did your experience when you got here match those expectations? Um, probably the biggest thing was, um, you know, how, how awesome the campus was. You know, 
everyone says it's a really sort of clean and beautiful campus and that um that definitely is the case it's yeah it's it's awesome over here that was one of the first things i noticed was all the limestone and stuff everywhere so um that was something that definitely matched the expectations um apart from that i didn't really you know know anything or have any expectations coming in but um yeah really enjoyed myself on the visit obviously and uh basically committed right there so yeah it was good fun did you know the american football's well at all like once you started practices or did you have to really kind of was there a big learning curve there um yeah we we have uh american footballs sort of back home just from uh guys who already come to college sort of bringing those back Mm -hmm. home and sending them over and um you know us sort of buying them online and stuff so that transition had already sort of happened in the time that i was with pro kick but um yeah no it's still still definitely was kind of adjusting when i first got here but um yeah not comfortable with it now so you're a second-year guy, um, you got a year under your, your belt now, but what was the biggest, I guess, surprise when you got here that you didn't expect about uh, either college life or sports or, or just your whole experience in general? Um, I don't really think there was too many uh, surprises. There was definitely a few little adjustments that I need to get used to, like um, you know living on my own and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, the one that I always mention is driving on the other side of the road. Mm. That took a little bit of time to get used to. Um, but in terms of, you know, food, culture, um, all that sort of stuff, it's, you know, it's it's all relatively similar to what it is back home. Obviously, you know, English-speaking country, which right. helps a lot. It'd be a lot more difficult going somewhere that didn't speak the same language. But, no, it was, it was pretty easy to get over and integrate myself here. Right. So how about the college experience in general here compared to whatever your friends are going through back home? Is there any major differences aside from the fact that you know we have college sports here which isn't that common really anywhere else um yeah it's it's a lot different actually to what um at least i experienced back home and um a lot of my friends as well in uh i think back home you sort of tend to go to a college that's right where you live and still live at home throughout your um degree um, so obviously that's different sort of I know a lot of people here tend to go either in a state or you know across the country that sort of thing and, right. and even sort of you know in-state colleges can sometimes be a two or three hour commute um, so you you know you have to live sort of on campus and away from home that's definitely something that doesn't happen much uh, back in Australia and yeah like you said obviously the sports setup um, there's really no sort of intense organized college sports like there is here so um yeah, obviously that was a little bit different, but um, something that obviously I was expecting to, to come into. So, yeah, it, it was a little bit different, but not necessarily a surprise. Can your friends believe that you're playing in front of, you know, 100,000 people, <laughs> like, regularly? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, yeah, it's a, I think it's one of those things that, you know, I can tell them all about it, but until they sort of come and watch a game, I don't think they'll really understand um, how cool it is, so... Uh, one of my friends came over last year and and that's exactly what it was like for him he said you know he knew the numbers and stuff but until he actually got there he didn't realize how sort of intense the atmosphere was and all that so yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to a couple more of my friends coming over next year yeah blow their minds a little bit uh so a really good story I read about you when I was preparing for this interview is uh in Hoosier Sports Report by Mike Miller it's where I got most of the research he said you were um or he wrote that one of the things that you send to your family is the the meal portions here can you tell me about that are they like bigger than than in australia smaller what's the deal yeah yeah um that's definitely one thing the meal portions are a lot bigger um <laughs> food's not necessarily too different but just the the plate sizes man they're they're huge compared to what they are back home so 
Yeah, I think uh, when I came over on my official visit, um, you know, I had this big plate served to me and I could only eat about a quarter of it because that's all I was used to. But um, yeah, no, all my friends and stuff had a good laugh back home and I'd send back pictures saying, you know, how am I meant to get through this meal? Like, it's just huge. So Freshman 15. That's yeah, you right yeah, no, I definitely stacked that one. So <laughs> trying to lose a bit of it now. Um, another uh, tidbit from that story, it said you forgot to run on the field against Ohio State. And what happened there? Yeah, that, that was a bit of a funny moment. Probably wasn't too funny at the time, but looking back on it, definitely have a laugh. Um, I think it was fourth down and we called a timeout and I didn't realise it was a timeout or something like that. And so anyway, when the punt team went out onto the field, I was looking up at the at the big screen and the camera was on our snapper, Dan Godsell, and I was looking at it and I thought, you know, what's Dan doing out there? We must be about to run some crazy trick play or something. <laughs> And Coach Allen was standing next to me and he, he realised I was standing there and he, you know, sort of yelled at me to get out on the field. And that's when I realised that, yeah, I'd, you know, sort of screwed up a little bit. But got out there and we ended up chewing up another timeout, but it was right before the half, so it didn't matter too much. And um, Coach Allen was pretty good about it. He just told me to, you know, relax and, um, you know, it'll be fine. So, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, though. it's a good story to tell. Um, is it true you can punt with both feet? Yeah, yeah, you know, um, obviously I have a dominant side, which is which is my left, obviously, but um, yeah, to a degree I can punt on both feet, which is um, something that, you know, is good good to have in the bag, a little trick if, if we need to, so um, yeah, you know, something I'm still working on is um, being able to get the same sort of distance and hang time on both feet, because um, yeah, that could really be a weapon going forward. Yeah, so it is something you could deploy in a game, you know, if, if you had to. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, we're working on it, so we'll see what happens. All right, well, we're almost done here. Uh, but before I let you go, I just want to ask a couple of questions outside of football. Um, like, what else in general do you enjoy about being an American college student? Like, do you get, I know Indiana's obviously a big basketball school. You get to the basketball games. What, what else do you do around campus? Um, you know, obviously, um, we don't get that much downtime, especially during the season. Right. So um, now that I've sort of developed a, a good friendship group, that's something that I enjoy doing, just hanging out with them. Um, Fortnite's pretty big over here. Oh, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that, that takes up a fair bit of time, but um, apart from that, yeah, watching sport, um, you know, just, I guess, the usual college stuff that you do around here, um, yeah, sort of relaxing is the big one because we're so full on all the time, but um, one thing I do like to do is get up in the morning and watch uh, the rest of the Aussie Rules games okay. that are on, just with the time difference, so... Keeping tabs. Yeah, that's that's probably one thing I do that most other kids don't, so... What, yeah. per- what percentage of the team would you estimate plays Fortnite because we were at Big Ten Media Days uh, a few weeks ago and that was a big theme you know we were asking guys to show us their Fortnite dances like and about uh, like so many of them like Mm -hmm. played only a few of them said oh no I don't play Mm -hmm. it's overrated or whatever so what what percentage of your squad would you say plays um I think you'd be pretty hard pressed to find someone that doesn't I'd say (laughs) yeah maybe 90 or above percent so yeah Does does it drive the coaches nuts or do they even know about it um, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure they know about it, but I think they they don't really mind as long as it's keeping us out of trouble, really. <laughs> All right, Hayden. Well, uh, I guess my last question, because I was a little confused about it, reading up on it. So you, last year was your first season, but are you considered a sophomore or a junior? Because I, I knew there were some eligibility questions that the NCAA had to figure out. What, what's your status now? Yeah, I <clears throat> believe... It, it, I am a redshirt junior now. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, at, at least uh, another one more year after this, potentially two. That's as, as far as I know. Yeah, there's still a little 
couple of little things that we need to get squared away with the NCAA. So, um, yeah, as far as I know, Redshirt Junior is this year. All right, you're, you're a Ray guy, nominee for the uh, nation's best punter. Maybe you can make a six in a row this year for Aussies. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see how we go. I'm sure, you know, if I don't, I'm sure there'll be a couple of other Aussies up there. So we'll see what happens. All right, we're expecting big things. We'll, uh, we'll be watching. Appreciate you sitting down with me. And uh, take care. Have a good season. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yep. All right, thanks a lot to Hayden for joining me. Um, as those Australians and uh, punters in general will say, he's a, he's a ripper. Uh, that's what Hayden said about Wade Lees at Maryland. And when I talked to Maryland about Hayden uh, the next stop, that's exactly what Wade said about Hayden. So uh, you know, these guys have a close fraternity, obviously, and uh, it's fun to, to kind of get to know them and that, that football subculture of Australian punters. All right, we'll move on now to Rutgers University and Isaiah Wharton, who was a lot of fun to talk to, um, conducted an interview outside, so apologies if the, the wind or passing golf cart is uh, in the way, but a uh, really good, fun discussion with Isaiah Wharton from Piscataway, New Jersey, and that discussion starts right now. I'm very pleased to be joined out here in Piscataway, New Jersey, by uh, Rutgers Richard Senior Defensive Back, Isaiah Warden, Isaiah, welcome in, man. How's it going? Good. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, glad to be here with you. And you're kind of an old head on this team. You've been here a while. Right, right, uh, right. It's it's your redshirt senior season. It's gone by quick for you. Yeah, man. It went by so fast. Like I remember when I was redshirted, you know, going against guys like Gary Nova, Leonte Carew, all those old guys, and just thinking, you know, I got four years left. And now here I am in my senior year, man. It just went by so fast. It's crazy. Yeah, this is a rebuilding process going on here at Rutgers under Chris Ash. You know, you've had a couple head coaches. What have you learned about not only, you know, this program, but about yourself in, in the process as you've uh, gone through the ups and downs here? One, one thing I've learned is, like, in life you're always going to be faced with adversity, but all that matters is how you handle it. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, whatever you want in life, you got to work for it, and that's, that's what I've learned. As we've been rebuilding, you know, we haven't had – many ups right now but that's what that's why we're so eager to go to work every day so we can you know chase that bowl game and get back to where we once were all right absolutely so you're uh you're from down south you're from uh, Kissimmee Florida how'd you yes, how'd you find yourself so, all the way up here Rutgers? so so for me um I went to a school called Gateway High School my whole family went there I could have went to the rival school our big school but instead I chose to you know keep the tradition going and um I was the first one to go division one from my school and Rutgers offered uh probably December January and I had a couple other Big Ten offers, but the diversity that Rutgers had reminded me of a lot like home. So this is why that was why I chose Rutgers ultimately. All right. So compare the culture down there, down in Florida, to culture up here. I feel like New Jersey has a very you know unique culture. It's kind of stereotyped sometimes, and like the Jersey Shore stuff like that. But mm-hmm. just compare the difference between uh, the places you've lived. I mean, and considering where I'm from, you know, it's a lot of like Hispanic culture. You know, the high school I went to had like a lot of Colombians, Puerto Ricans. So I experienced so many different ethnic backgrounds. Um, nationalities and I experienced that as well when I got up here you know a lot of Italians you know they I've been eating what is it I've been eating all the pizza up here it's been crazy so it's, like I said it's real diverse up here like down home yeah just walking around like downtown New Brunswick man it's crazy it's just like a melting pot down yeah there. exactly yeah it reminds me like home um all right so when I asked your uh, your SIDs and uh Haseem was very helpful by the way who I should talk to on, on this squad they recommended you because they said you got a lot of interest outside of sports and you can talk about those. So the first one we're going to get into is uh, is fashion. You know, it, okay. it's interesting because 
fashion and sports have really kind of blended uh, right. more and more, I feel like. You know, you yeah. see NBA guys wearing uh-huh. uh, their own clothing lines, stuff like mm-hmm. that, getting more and more out there. Why, why do you think that, that is how it is? I mean, I feel like nowadays, you know, fashion is a big thing. You know, I feel like it started from guys like Deion Sanders. He's my favorite player. He always he started the model, look good, you know, look good, play good. And that, that's kind of what I live by, whether it's on the field or off the field. Um, fashion, I kind of got into it because my parents, they always, you know, had me looking nice. And I kind of just carried that tradition going as I got older. I liked wearing nice things. I liked staring out, uh, standing out. I like wearing my own things. And, you know, it kind of just it, it became my identity over the years. Are you a trendsetter at all? Yeah, definitely a trendsetter. You know, whether it's off the field, people say, Zay, why are you wearing those? But then a week later, two weeks later, they're wearing the same thing as me. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. I like it. Give me an example of something you kind of were ahead of the curve on. Ahead of the curve on... Um, Ah, so I, I do a lot of shopping at Zara, you know, like the skinny jeans wave at first when I was wearing skinnies, people were like, why are you wearing those tight pants? Why are you wearing that? And then months started going on and that's, that's all you really see nowadays is skinny jeans. I would say I was kind of ahead of a curve on that. All right. Who's the uh, best dresser on the team? Me. Besides you. Oh, uh, <laughs> but besides me, best dresser on the team, Saquon Hampton. All right, is it is it because he's got the same style as you, or is he got uh, a little no, extra flair? No, no, I, I like Saquon style because even though we're both fly, he he always adds his own twist to it. Like you know, that's something Saquon will wear when you look at it. So I would say Saquon after me. So can you look ahead then? What's what's coming back? Because I feel like you know you mentioned the, the skinny jeans. Like mm. I like that style right now. I, mm. I, I don't really want that to go away. But yeah. uh, you, you see anything on the horizon coming up that I need to know about? Um, on the on the rise, it's, it's been actually oversized stuff. So I guess people are getting bored with the skinnies and fitted <laughs> jeans, and now they're wearing like oversized pants, oversized. They're actually called oversized shoes as well. They wear their shirts like you know like the sleeves go past it's their like hands Kanye kind of look yeah right? like the oversized stuff is coming in now all right all right what's old is new that's what they yeah say, exactly right? yeah what goes around comes back around <laughs> man all right so do you ever get it on anyone then on the team about what they're wearing you know there's always those dudes that like wear the same shirt four times a week and they don't they're not yeah, fresh like that I, I, do you I ever mean, have to get on? i mean when, when, when i was younger you know I, I used to do that a lot but you know as i've gotten older i've understood everybody comes from different places you know what i'm saying I, I respect what everybody wears you know everybody has their own sense of fashion going through their own things some people don't care about fashion as much so as, as i've gotten older um yeah that, that's really like dawned on me a lot that people wear different things and i just let people be you know all right it's a good answer all right uh we'll move on to uh, another taste of yours and that's a mm. uh, taste of music mm. um how, first of all how'd you become really interested in music because you know i'm I'm mildly interested, yeah. but basically I, I just get what's hot on the radio, so I, I assume you have a little deeper knowledge. Yeah, um, uh, and music always uh, intrigued me because I look at it like art. Like, there's no such thing as bad music. It stands out to everybody. Um, whatever you like, that's your taste of music. And um, my dad, growing up, he always played different types of music, so, like, my genres, like, my playlists, it, it's, they expand from so far. So that, that's what I would say. All right, my dad's really big into music too, but I didn't right. get those jeans from him. I didn't, I didn't take after him like you did. So. Right. That's <laughs> uh, so, who are some of your favorite artists? Give me some uh, rattle off some artists. Um, right now, um, like there's all time or like current. Like which one you want? You can do both, man. Um, so all time, my favorite rappers Jay Z and Kanye. But um, I'm also like, if people are in a drought, I, I like what's hot and what's in. So right now, my favorite artists are um, Six Nine, um, Maddox, June Third. Um, some guys like that, Playboy Cardi, Lil Uzi, those are some of my favorite artists. Famous Dex. See, Six Nine's kind of problematic, man. I, I don't, I haven't been able to yeah. get on board, but I know he's always on the Billboard. So yeah, he's always on the Billboard. The funny thing is, is if you watch one of his interviews, he's actually a good guy. He, he's a troll because he knows that's how easy it is to get in the media and make numbers and make it onto the Billboard. So I actually think he's a really smart guy. That's why I like him so much. All right, so what's the? Uh, you know, we're sitting out here. It's hot. 
it's summer. Summer's a great time for music. Mm-hmm. What's the album of the summer? The album of the summer? Um, ah, that's hard. That was that, that's that's really hard. Uh, Playboy Cardi just came out with an album. That was definitely the album of the summer. It, it was crazy. All right, what are your thoughts on, you know, a guy that's real mainstream like Drake? You know, he mm-hmm. he obviously huge name, but some people you know say he's overrated. So what do you think? Um, I mean, Drake, Drake's one of my favorite artists as well. I mean, he, he Drake is a goat. I mean, if you don't like him, I feel like you're just hating. I mean, like he does everything right. His music, music videos are phenomenal. He, he he shows love to all cultures, all backgrounds. He has great music, and he makes music for everybody. I'm glad you said that because I'm I'm like a huge Drake fanboy. Like I know I'm not huge into music, but right. you know I got like the man crush on Drake. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad Drake, Drake's cool. I would have had to end the interview. If yeah. You said it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So you you like. Uh, some of that underground music like are you are you up and coming on the music like you are with fashion do you kind of look ahead and yeah see, yeah see definitely hot? definitely a lot of the times when i play music guys are like zay you don't know music you don't and people are still listening to they're listening to like biggie and tupac i'm like bro that music from the 90s you're listening to the same five six songs that they had mm-hmm. like there's new music that comes out every day just enjoy it and appreciate it all right so another uh yeah, another interest you got is is video games yeah um so are, are you you know, really good, or is it just a hobby of yours? No, nah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely I'm the best video gamer on the team as well. Um, video games is something I've been doing since I was like five or six. You know, I just have a natural knack for it. If I wasn't playing football or you know going out at night and looking fly, I was definitely playing video games, just chilling, hanging out with my friends. So, which games do you say you're best at? Um, my best games are FIFA, FIFA and Madden. Definitely FIFA and Madden. I'm like unbeatable in those two games. Are you a, you a Fortnite guy? Yeah, yeah, actually, it's crazy because when Fortnite came out, people were saying it's crazy, it's hard, da-da-da, and, like, I'm actually really good at Fortnite, too, but I just, I, I like FIFA so much, it, you know, like, soccer, because where I'm from in Florida, so many people, like I said before, there's so many diversities, like, Colombians, they were always playing FIFA, and I was like, yo, what's that? Mm-hmm. And then that was how I got on the FIFA, and it's, it's just a beautiful sport, and I, I like the video game now. Do you think uh, Coach Ash knows what Fortnite is? Yeah, he does. He, he, he has a son. He has a okay. son. He definitely knows what Fortnite is. He has to. Does he know how many... Uh guys on your team probably play it because i swear at big time media days like probably 90 percent of the yeah players are yeah about. yeah that's a, that's the biggest game in the world right now and i'm pretty sure he's bought his son v bucks which is for fortnite so yeah he definitely knows about fortnite all right so uh i watched a video Rutgers put out a few months ago you were mic'd up in practice you were talking trash yeah. a little bit you know as dbs tend to do mm-hmm. do you think you talk more trash on the sticks playing video games or uh, on the field um man uh as far as talking trash, it, it, it kind of just happens naturally, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if, if, if a guy gets gets me riled up, you know what I'm saying, I'll, I'll talk my trash. Or if I just look at a guy like a pushover, I'll start talking my trash. It, 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 it makes the, the game fun, you know what I'm saying? When you talk trash, you have to be on your A game, so it forces you to compete at your best. All right, uh, Isaiah, you've been generous with your time here just right after practice, but uh, a couple more questions before I wrap up and we'll talk. Sounds good. Rutgers football in your, your final season, your senior okay. year here. So... Just tell me what's in store for Rutgers in 2018. You know, it's year three in a rebuild. It's, that's kind of a big year to kind of keep proving that this thing's going in the right direction. You guys won a few Big Ten games last year. Um, looking to improve on that, obviously. So let's just start with your DB group. What do you guys got in store this year? What are your goals? This um, some, some of our goals this year, you know, uh, our secondary, we have a lot of experience back there. We have a lot of uh, talent and ability as well. So um, our goal is to be the best secondary in the country. Um, just flat out put it out there. Um, we know we can do it, and it's, it's time to showcase it this year. Senior year, you got to go out with a bowl game, right? Right, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, coach always emphasizes this is year three of the year build uh, of the um, rebuild, and I feel like this is year that we get over the hump and we get back to bowl games uh, like Rutgers once was. 
How about uh, personal goals for yourself? Um, personal goals. Mm, some of my personal goals are Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. That, that, that's definitely my, my main goal. I mean, I know I definitely put the work in, and if I'm doing my job and doing my assignments each week, uh, it'll put me in position to win that. So that, that's definitely a big individual award of mine. How about just personally, you know, walking this campus for one last year, your, your yeah. kind of victory lap? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how are you gonna enjoy this uh, final go around in your fifth year here at Rutgers? Um, my fifth year, I, I'm, I'm just trying to leave a legacy. You know, f- to the younger guys, I'm trying to coach them up, teach them whenever I can. When I go out and uh, you know, guys speak on Isaiah Warren, I just want to be a guy that loved the game, did things right, and you know, had a lot of character, high character guy that always wanted to help others uh, succeed. All right, thanks a lot to Isaiah for joining me. Really fun dude to talk to and uh, enjoyed my sit-down with him. We'll uh, toss it now from New Jersey down to the University of Maryland, where we talked with uh, six-year man Tavon Jacobs. Tavon uh, persevered through a lot, um, as we'll talk about here. You know, he has, a, I believe, a six-year-old daughter that we, we talk about. Um, so he talked about raising her while being a college athlete, and I won't ruin the rest of the interview or spoil it. I'll get to the discussion with Maryland receiver Tavon Jacobs. That starts right now. All right, I'm very pleased to be joined in College Park, Maryland, after Terps football practice. Senior Terrapins wide receiver, Tavon Jacobs. Tavon, how's it going, man? Everything's going good, man. Season almost here, so can't complain. Absolutely, man. Well, I'm glad to be here with you, glad to be in Maryland. Uh, and as I mentioned, you're a senior, but that's not really the whole story with you. Um, you're a six-year senior due to some unfortunate injuries you suffered during your time here. Uh, like, from your perspective, does it seem like you've been here forever, or has it kind of flown by when you look back on it? Um, early on... <laughs> When you when you a freshman, uh, you looking you look at it like, you, well, I want to say a junior. You look at it like, dang, time really flew by. Like right. from from freshman year, when they be like, you better enjoy your time, you know, it's gonna fly by. I, I kind you know, freshmen kind of take that as kind of a joke. Like he, he's just talking, right? You know, um, but as, as it goes on, you like like, dang, I'm already a sophomore. Right. Dang, I'm already a junior. So from that aspect, um, time really flying. And now looking back. Like I'm a six year senior, I'm like, I feel like I've been here forever, you know. Um, and I, and I take everything with a grain of salt. So, so you know, it gave me more chances to get to gain more memories and things like that. So, I just look at it as a blessing for real, for real. Yeah, it's a good, uh, good perspective to have. Uh, how do you feel like physically? Because I mentioned those injuries. You had three ACL surgeries. You know, we had worked on on both knees. So, how are you feeling out there right now? I'm feeling great, actually. Uh, some of the best times of my life. Um, feeling good, running good routes. You know. Everything just falling in place, you know. Just gotta follow God's plan, and hopefully the best happen. Uh, fast guy in the team? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, right. I win a lot of races, but I I'm not gonna, you know. I, right. I ain't that. I ain't that. Yeah, bold. Very humble. All right. Uh, well, obviously, you know, we're, we're glad to have you back on the field uh, and, and ready to go. And now with uh, DJ Moore leaving to go to the NFL last year, Maryland's top receiver last year, you're definitely gonna be featured probably even more in the offense. Uh, I mean, not that you would look forward to him leaving, you know, but I'm sure you had to be eyeing, eyeing this opportunity now as uh, having even a more prominent role in that offense. Um, uh, I, I really, you know, I looked at it either way, um, whether he came back or stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at every opportunity as a chance to improve myself. Uh, last year was just another stepping stone to improving myself, and he just added at him, you know, being a good player as he is, added on to that. Um, because uh, it gave me a chance to, to showcase my abilities even more. Um, and this year, I'm going to try to exploit that even more than what I did last year. And we got a lot of young, talented guys. Um, we have Jarvis Davenport, DJ Turner, 
Um, so we have a lot of guys that's coming up, you know, that's going to be very good and very special in, in the uh, future. So just just look forward to this upcoming year and just making the most of everything. For sure. All right, we'll get into uh, a little bit about this upcoming season in just a minute here. But I want to get into your background a little bit, uh, like, you know, getting to know the players. Um, looking back at your bio, you were a, a track and field athlete, right, in, yeah. in high school and a pretty good one. Um said you were a part of the U.S. Junior Olympics track and field team. So did that have you, like, competing in some, some cool places, or what was that all about? Uh, yes, I, I actually completed, uh, competed in um, Detroit, Michigan, uh, Iowa, Tennessee, uh, lots of places. Um, but my most memorable one was competing in Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. um, I got invited out there for, um, I guess, the high school track and field athletes. Got invited to participate in that. Um and just being out there, you know, being in a different country, exploring, exploring, meeting new people that you would have never met if you wasn't uh, doing anything, any type of sport. So from that aspect, you know, I looked at that, that as a blessing. And, and I came home with the gold in a 400 meter. So and and in a four by one. So for, for me to be out there and to be competing with other countries and things like that, it was just really a blessing. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so let's get into your, you know, past your high school days now to your road to to maryland here you know it seems like a long time ago i'm sure now that uh, you're the old head on the team but uh you originally committed to ohio state right but your brother laverne was uh here at the time as well that receiver so how did that process go what led to your decision to uh you know flip from ohio state to maryland and, and uh, what impact did your family being here have on that decision um, just some some infor- unfortunate things happened between me and um, the staff, the, mm-hmm. other, the other staff. So um, it, it kind of changed my destination and, and how I felt about certain things. Um, but I never look back on the decision. Every decision I make, I make it with a hundred percent, like a hundred percent effort that I know that I made the right decision. And so, um, you know. I took everything with a grain of salt, you know. I, I seen it as an opportunity to play in front of my family. Um, I had a little girl um, who I had to raise, so being home was, was an advantage for me, you know, because I wanted to be the best father that I could be on top of being the best student athlete that I could be. So that, I just looked at that, and my family, you know, could be at every game or just about every game. So it was just a, it was just a blessing for me. Yeah, you're from the area, and you mentioned your daughter. Uh, how old is she now? When was she born? Um, she was six. Um, she's six. She was born in uh, December 26, 2011. So she's getting she's grown old. up. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's. I mean, she's in grade school and all that. How has how uh, that experience, you know, kind of unfolded? You having to balance football and uh, having your daughter in your life. Um, has that been a, a challenge for you? Um, it's been a ch- it's been a challenge, um, but it's also been a blessing because I get to see her every day growing up. You know, everything that 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 I would if I was away, I wouldn't have been able to see. You know, so I look at it as a blessing. It is a challenge uh, being a college athlete and trying to trying to manage a, a, a little girl. So it it has its pros and cons with everything, but that's life, man. Just gotta make the most of every opportunity that get that you get. She's number one fan. Yeah, she might not want that. <laughs> uh, what was it like, you know, balancing books and changing diapers at the same time? Uh, you have to do some, some, uh, you know, have to stay in some nights when, when your friends are maybe having fun and all that? Uh, a lot of nights, uh, but I got accustomed to it because in high school, you know, um, that's when I had her. I had to mm-hmm. learn how to, uh, that I couldn't go out to high school parties with my friends. I couldn't do certain things that normal high schoolers would do. Um, and that kind of changed my aspect on things. I kind of became like a laid back guy, kind of like an old man. By the time I got to college, you know, I was I was accustomed to not going out to, to taking care of my responsibilities. Um, so 
that's that's kind of how my my journey's been with all of that. Sure, and staying on your family. I mean, I mentioned your brother, uh, Laverne's a wide receiver here. Um, you guys were actually the only duo of brothers in the nation back a few years ago, 2015, to start together a wide receiver. So, tell me about that experience and what it meant to you and your family to be able to share the field. Um, it was it was a blessing, man. Honestly, um, just to, to have the opportunity to play alongside your older brother. Um, or younger brother is just a blessing, you know, to be on the same field, to to to, to celebrate, um, do everything together. It's just it's just truly a blessing, and, and for me to get my first touchdown and, and to meet him in the end zone, I couldn't ask for a more memorable moment than that in, in college. We'll be talking about that, you know, 50 Thanksgivings from now, you guys will be sitting at the table talking about that. Um, all right, so picture on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, we talked about it at the top. You dealt with injuries during your time here. Hence the the sixth year on campus. Was there ever a time, you know, you felt like this is overwhelming? You know, I might have to walk away. Anything, uh, any moments like that that weighed heavy on you? Um, uh, any guy that that experienced a, a career ending injury, they go through their their highs and lows. You mm-hmm. know, their peaks, um, where they feel, you know, like they have to blame something or blame someone. Um, and and so with with all of that, I had my moments. Um, but like I said, I had I had to trust in God and just trust in His plan, and, and and rely on my family that that everything will work itself out. And I had to keep the faith, you know, because my 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 life been full of perseverance, and I had to look at that and and, and realize that you know I had to overcome it because I'm not a quitter and and I'm not going to quit until I can't go no more. So when uh, when did you actually find out that you were granted six years? I know that process can sometimes be uh, drawn out. Um, it was very quick. Um, Coach Durkin called me and, and told me that I, I've been granted uh, my sixth year, and, and I kind of knew it. Uh, so once he told me on the phone, I was like, okay, thank you, Coach. And he's like, you going you gonna to be a little more excited? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. That's, that's not you. You're laid back. <laughs> like you said. All right. Uh, I want to get into a little bit of, of your off-the-field interest as well because, um, you know, your, your SIDs were very helpful. Get me some, some inside info on you. Um, I heard that you know you got a passion for animals, uh, dogs especially. Tell me about this uh, this doggy daycare that I've been hearing about. Um, so it kind of started this this past winter. Um, you know, a lot of college athletes we you know we sometimes fall short on funds, um, and I had to find a way to make money because I have a little girl at home, you know, and I had to follow the books, you know, because I didn't want to do anything that I wasn't supposed to do. Um, so uh, at first I was going to be a um, uh, a dishwasher at the bowling alley, and I was like, and I was so I then I googled um, how to make money fast, mm. and the Rover app popped up. Um, it's a dog sitting app. You can walk dogs, you know, sit dogs. They can stay at your house. You can go to other person's house and watch them. So I looked at that, and I was like, I love animals, um, especially dogs. So um, kind of started on that. Uh, kind of took it, you know. With a grain of salt, like, okay, this may or may not. Like, this sounds sketchy. I'm going to try it. Tried it, loved it, and never looked back after that. Um, so, it's just been good to me. How many dogs you had to take care of at one time? Is it, like, crazy around there? Like, just paws running all like all on the floors and all that? Um, I had wolf, wolf look, so I didn't really have a lot of, you know, markings on the ground. Okay. Um, but the most dogs I had at once was three. It was pretty overwhelming. But luckily, one of them was super tiny. So that worked out well. She just laid on my bed the whole time. So <laughs> they all get along and all that. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's interesting, man. That's a uh, that's pretty cool. Like you said, yeah. I didn't realize that. You know, especially in your situation with with your daughter, like you said, that 
you know, sometimes you gotta get that side hustle on, you know, to, to keep things moving. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, all right, so back to the field uh, before we wrap up here, Tavon. Uh, you guys had an interesting situation at quarterback last year because uh, of injuries. Unfortunately, you had to use four QBs, um, and it, I mean that was just a storyline that we followed all year, and, and it was crazy just how many guys had to step up. So, how hard was that to deal with, just as a receiver with so many different arms under center? Um, it, you kind of look at it as uh, another opportunity to just improve with the next guy. I mean, the mentality is the next guy up, um, just like in the NFL. Um, so. From that standpoint, I try to work with every quarterback there is just to get a feel for, you know, how how their arm is, get build timing, build connecting, chemistry, um, everything like that. So it was tough, you know, you, to, to deal with one of your teammates going down and not being able to come back from it. Uh, and to lose two on top of that, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was rough and overwhelming. Um, but, you know, as a team, we had to pick it up and had to keep moving forward. And we had to, you know, play for them so we just tried to keep going and keep going forward with that and that's just what we did all right so your last year is coming up a few weeks away from the your final season beginning so just give me some personal goals for you you know it can be on the field off the field as a person um just give me you know your, your final year goals before we uh, wrap up here um my personal my personal goals uh i really don't like to talk about them because i don't want to feel like a a selfish player, mm-hmm. um, but my my goals as a as a person um, and as a man is just to improve. You know, as a player, um, to smile more in front of my teammates. Uh, you know, be kind to everybody in the facility, whether that's staff, you know, janitors, uh, the the cafeteria people. Some random guy interviewing you. Yeah, in any, yeah, anything <laughs> like that. You know, I try to you know be become better as a person. You know, because you never know who's watching you. So. I try to do every. I try to be better at doing everything right, um, taking care of my body, doing all the little things right. Because um, in the long run, they turn into big things. So, from from that standpoint, I try to work on all of, all of that, helping the young guys out uh, with the knowledge that I know, um, just to guide them for the years to come. Um, so, that's that's pretty much it. And goals we can all aspire to for sure. Yeah. All right, Tavon, appreciate you sitting down with me, man. That's all I got for you. Uh, good luck this season. I wish you the best of health. Best of luck. And uh, take care, man, all right? Thank you. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot to Tavon for joining me. And our final interview on uh, part one of the, the BTN Bus Tour Take 10 Podcast Edition is Penn State Safety Nick Scott, the converted running back. A uh, really fun guy to talk to, another veteran. Really sharp, really witty guy. And I uh, had a fun sit down with him in Happy Valley following their practice this past weekend. So we will wrap up with uh, Penn State safety Nick Scott. That interview starts right now. All right, so I'm very pleased to be joined here in Happy Valley after Penn State football practice by Nittany Lions safety Nick Scott. Nick, I'm glad to be here. Glad you're here. Thanks for joining me, man. Thank you. No problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, this is my fourth interview on the tour so far. We're, We're kind of winding through the east here so far they've all sent me every school has sent me veterans which makes sense i guess you know you guys are kind of the most media savvy uh <laughs> you're a fifth year senior you, you rep the squad at big 10 media days in chicago a few weeks ago so yes, you said uh, when we were walking in here you felt like the grandpa on the team are you kind of the team elder at this point oh yeah i'm definitely the team elder i'm 23 years old um been here a long time five years obviously so i kind of seen it all done it all um so yeah i, I kind of see myself as a guy a role model for these younger guys for sure uh 
got here in 2014. You've been here kind of throughout Penn State's return to the national stage, national prominence under James Franklin. How different was that vibe around the program in those first couple of years uh, when things were a little more uncertain around here? Right. Uh, so it, it was definitely a little tough uh, the first couple of years just because uh, when Franklin came in, you know, the, the veterans on the team, the older guys had – had multiple uh, coaching changes so it was a lot of different messages that that guys had honed in on and and obviously you know once Franklin got in it was it was kind of old news the new coaches and things so we had guys who were sort of doing their own thing we didn't really have one true culture um, and that's something the biggest change is just as we got more and more guys who've only heard Franklin's message we've been able to mesh better as a team and, and build this culture yeah because for a while there I mean it seems like a million years ago at this point, but like that 2016 season, you guys were sitting at two and two. I mean, there were some some doubters out there, and, and it's hard to believe. You know, we're sitting here less than two years later, and things are just rolling. Right? Um, are you surprised that all the things played out how they did, or, or did you think that once that culture kind of got put in place, that this would be the outcome? Um, I always had a feeling this would be the outcome, just because of how our team meshed together. Uh, you mentioned that that point when we were two and two. Uh, I think one of the biggest changing points was once we got in that situation, um, we kind of just played for ourselves. Uh, we, we stopped caring about what the media was saying about Frank, and we stopped caring about what they were saying about our season. And every game we went out there, we were just playing for each other, just the people uh, in the field, on the field in, in that stadium. And in doing that, um, we just started to grow as a family. And obviously, you know, uh, with that, we started winning, and, and now we're rolling. All right, so getting into your personal path uh here at Penn State, you know, you're in line now to be a safety, uh, starting safety for the Nittany Lions. But you've had a somewhat unique path. Uh, so tell the listeners who don't know out there, what was your original position when you came to Penn State and, and what prompted your eventual switch to safety? Right. Uh, so I came in to Penn State as a running back. It's about 189 pounds soaking wet. Um, I, I played running back, redshirt in my freshman year. Um, my redshirt freshman year, the following year, um, I was still running back. Saquon came in, and um, he had a great year, great season. I had some carries here and there. Um, and after that season, I approached uh, Coach Franklin, and I asked him um, about uh, switching to safety. And, and people asked me why I wanted to make the move. I joke around. I say, I can give you 26 reasons why I made the move. <laughs> Saquon Barkley came in the room. Um, so I kind of knew you know, his talents and, and what he was able to do and that he would be a prime-time player for us. So I, I felt I'd have a better opportunity to contribute uh, to the team at, at safety, and I was able to do that. So you know, with that kind of line, you obviously had a sense of humor about it. <laughs> you took it well. You know, Some people get discouraged. Is that, right. that kind of just the type of person you are, that you were willing to kind of be flexible in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, one of the things I was able to do while I was here is find a home on special teams. Um, and I, th- I think that's a testament to my personality, my positive attitude. Um, I didn't necessarily care uh, about starting or where I was. I just wanted to make sure sure that if I was on the field, I was able to contribute uh, the best that I could to, to help us win. Um, so if that was switching positions, I was all for it. If that was playing special teams, I, would also, I was all for it. So how did that special teams, you know, playing such a versatile role, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, help accelerate your transition to the other side of the ball? Right. Um, so, it, you know, special teams is, is all about aggression and, and speed and, and things like that. Um, I've always said in special teams, one of the things I tell the younger guys is if you make up your mind on special teams that you're going to make the play, you will make the play because it's just a matter of want to and, and, and truly just beating the guy across from you. Um, so, you know, that, that's been a huge help for me, especially, you know, getting used to tackling and things like that from coming from the offensive side. 
Um, so making the switch, it, it wasn't too foreign for me because I sort of felt like I had that mentality already. All right, so we're going to kick it off the field now, uh, get into a little bit into your personality, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is developed here in your five, nearly five years at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I got to ask, and I'm sure you've been asked this before, but I saw your middle name is, is Michael. Is that Michael, right? Yeah, Michael, yeah. You, you ever got the office joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always get the office jokes, Michael Scott. Um, most people they they say my name and they I give them my full name. We're like, ah, wait a second, you know that's the office, da da da. So, yeah, I'm definitely used to that for sure. Are you, are you an office fan or not really? Um, I'm an office fan, but I can't say that I'm a that a, it's my religion. I don't watch it that often, but I, I think it's hilarious enough to get the joke for sure. Yes, absolutely. All right, so um, tell me about your your interest off the field because. It's funny when I was doing, you know, my whatever, my Wikipedia mm-hmm. or whatever research. Obviously, it's a little shaky because before the interview, uh, it said uh, a, a topic that you actually weren't interested in. So I'm glad <laughs> we got that straightened out before right. we sat down. Uh, you actually have some potential interest in, in HR, right? Yeah, HR's yeah. Um, I, I struck an interest in human resources. Um, I, I've always been into psychology. I took AP Psych in high school, so I came in. I knew I, I want my major to be psychology, um, but I wanted to. Uh, do something where I could incorporate the team aspect uh, because I've been part of sports all my life so I kind of feel like I, I have a good idea of what uh, what it takes for a team to be successful and accomplish the ultimate goal and I think um, HR is a great way to combine that uh, mentality with psychology um, because you know whatever you're doing any organization you want to have a great team to, to reach your goal whether that's making money or reaching out to people and things like that Sure, and um, also, from what I've seen, you've had some volunteer experience in the community. Mm-hmm. Is, is that right? Tell me about uh, some of that passion off the field. Yeah, um, so it, it started in high school, really, um, when we, we needed community service hours. I, I volunteered for a place called Keene in the D.C. area, and what that is is working with kids with disabilities, all different kinds. Um, basically, what you do is you just play with them. Um, you could go to the park, you could be in the gym playing basketball, whatever, just interacting with them. Uh, and it was a really eye-opening experience. I love giving back. You know, people with disabilities, are, they're just like us. Um, we all need affection and, and someone to count on. So that was great. Um, and through that, um, I, I I got here. And obviously, Thon is a huge thing, uh, not just here, but in the Big Ten and Syracuse, things like that. So I, got, I was able to get involved in that. Um, and uh, un- uplifting athletes as well. Um, so I danced in the Thon Marathon, um, which was one of the hardest things I think I've ever done, staying up for 46 hours straight. Um, but, you know, one one of the things that kept me going was just thinking of kids who go through chemo and things like that every day, you know. they Their grind is way harder than mine, so I could sacrifice, um, you know, 46 hours uh, for them just to fight for them and, and help find cures. That's awesome, man. Yeah, every year, you know, Thong comes around, and seeing it from afar, is, I'm always blown away just by the, you know, the, the scale of it and mm-hmm. the amount of money raised and the, the dedication you guys put in, so that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I'm going to, before I let you go, I, I have to ask you a little more about your head coach, James Franklin. You know, he's kind of, he's such a uh, dynamic personality now. He's kind of a, you know, a national stage right. uh, coach that, right. that, you know, is out there in press conferences. He's, he's kind of flourished before our eyes here. So the first thing i got to bring up and I think it might have been in this room that we're sitting in, is the uh, the Keegan-Michael Key from Key and oh, Peele yeah. Impersonations. Uh, the video came out a couple years ago when, uh-huh. you know, his doppelganger, Keegan-Michael Key, came in wearing the khakis and the 
the whistle and all that. Yeah. Was that in here in this room? That was in this room. Okay. It was a little older back then, <laughs> but it was here. So what was your initial reaction when he walked in uh, looking like Coach My Franklin? initial reaction when I turned my head, I it honestly, it took me maybe five seconds to register the fact, like, this is not Coach Franklin. Like, he looked like him that much. So, you know, when he came in, I was just thinking there's another team meeting. I took another look. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I've seen this dude before. Like, he's famous. It's awesome. Um, and he started doing impersonations, and he had all of us rolling. It was hilarious. He was back at the spring game this year doing it again. It was, yeah, it was cracking yeah. me up. I love Key and Peele. So I, think, <laughs> I didn't know he was a Penn State guy until I saw that video. So that's hilarious. And yeah. uh, I don't know if you saw this from Coach Franklin, but recently, I think it was like in the last week or two, you guys went paintballing, yeah. and he caught a bruise. Yeah, you know, we'll say in the upper thigh area, and he showed the media where this bruise was. Yeah. Did you see that? I saw that, and funny enough, he came in the next day, and the first thing I said to him, I was like, "Coach, like, you you realize what you just did? Like, you're about to become a meme across <laughs> the country. Like, we we better not lose. We better not do anything. That's going to be popping up all over Twitter. Right, and obviously he has he you know the sense of humor. I think more and more. To someone from afar like me, you know, that sense of humor has been revealed more and more that uh, is coming out of Coach Franklin. And I guess my question is, like, is that kind of contagious with the team? Because it seems like you guys at practice have fun out there. You guys, right. you know, get after each other. Um, how does that kind of bleed into you guys? Uh, it, it's definitely a, a very fun environment with him. You know, he's always doing things to spark the mood and get us going and everything like that. Um, paintball, I mean, we're extremely competitive. This whole team is in everything we do. Um, and, and he kind of he sets the bar, really. Um, so yeah, he's a great leader, and the things he does for the morale are, is awesome. And you know, this being my last year, I'm really gonna try to hone in on those moments that that we have with our team. I just go back a couple weeks ago to, to Big Ten Media Days. I think we asked you uh, to do a Fortnite dance, and then he was in the background, literally just laughing at you guys, <laughs> like like couldn't contain his laughter. And, yeah. and uh, that was just one thing that that I enjoyed just yeah. seeing that interaction. Um, all right, so, Nick, before I let you go, um, we're going to talk a little bit more Penn State football, just okay. one or two more questions. Um, and it kind of ties into your expectations for this season. So, last couple of years, you know, you've come up just short of the playoff. Mm-hmm. You've had incredible seasons. Um, really, you know, Penn State's back in the national stage uh, on the field-wise as well. Um, so, what, what have you guys, I guess, learned from the experiences of coming up just short of the college football playoff while still having great seasons? Like, I imagine – there's this juxtaposition of being, um, you know, disappointed that you you weren't able to play for the national championship, but right. still a sense of accomplishment. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that last season, you know, first of all, we never dwell on the past. We try not to. But that that season, we obviously learned a lot. Um, you know, we all worked very hard to get where we were. Uh, we had a couple games decided by you know, very few points, and that just taught us, you know, no matter the, the amount of work we put in, you know, nothing is, is deserved in this game. Um, you know, everybody's working just as hard as everybody else. It comes down to execution, um, and, and being that close, you know, it kind of left a, a, a sickening feeling, and at the same time, you know, it's only making us want uh, that much more just because we know how close we were. So, you know, this season, you know, we're really going to try to, you know, keep doing what we're doing, and that's taking one game at a time, um, and, and working every day, working every rep, uh, trying to get a win, win that rep one at a time. And you know, if we do that, we should like where we're at. We understand that this is a game of inches, um, so we're going to do everything that we can to win those inches. Yeah, I I maintain that. I said it throughout last year that you guys, 
had as much talent as anybody in the country. And mm-hmm. it just, you know, that the Ohio State game slipped away. And there was a weird circumstance with the Michigan State game. Right. Um, and there's just, you know, those two tough games back-to-back. But like you said, we won't dwell on the past. Um, you kind of touched on the expectations for this upcoming season there. It doesn't sound like uh, you guys are swaying from that James Franklin mantra of, you know, one one at a time. It seems like you guys are always locked into that, that yeah. mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you win, you know, one game each week, you're going to like the results. That goes without saying. So, you know, we try not to get ahead of ourselves. You know, we're not talking about teams other than, you know, right now our team. We're working on our development and making sure we're as sharp as possible. And once we do that, we can focus on week one, and and that's going to be our Super Bowl, and we're going to come out ready, um, you know, flying around trying to get a win that week and do that every week after that. All right, Nick. Well, I look forward to watching you guys. Thanks so much for giving me some of your time this evening. And uh, best of luck this season. Best of luck with your senior year. And thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot to Hayden, Isaiah, Tavon, and Nick for joining me. I had a really good time getting to know all four of them. And uh, I look forward to getting to know several more football players as we move along here on the BTN bus tour so definitely stay tuned for future episodes um, as we talk to as many players as we can as we wind throughout the Big Ten country here and uh, do a TV show from each stop so a reminder you can you can see these shows airing day by day here on, on BTN and keep following our social media for fun stuff from practice and for these episodes of the Take 10 podcast I think I'm going to put out four um surrounding the interviews that I that I put together here throughout the tour. So thanks to everyone out there for listening. Thanks as always to Wes White for producing and stay tuned for more BTN Bus Tour content. We'll talk to you next time here on the Take 10 Podcast.